Hello, welcome adventurers to the Travel Log podcast, which I, Stephen Hoffer, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her. We'll be diving into the world of Faerun for the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game. We will go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore, as well as suggestions on what type of encounters you can run in an area, what type of characters you create whose backgrounds are based in an area. This week, we're covering the Dock Ward of Waterdeep. Oh, shit. Lily, yeah, we have no time for, <laughs> for a question or anything. There's there's too many there's too many things in this one ward. Yeah, let's get into yep, it. Yep, 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 yep. Let's learn about these docks. Let's get into it. All right. Perhaps the most notorious and colorful ward of Waterdeep, Dock Ward is known to thousands Oliver Faerun from Traveler's Tales. Most portrayed as a lawless, brawling place of drunks, smugglers, roaming monsters, and foul magic, where brawls are frequent. Which is not all that far from the truth. However, just as much work goes on in the ward than revelry. The bustling harbor scene and its attendant activities dominate this ward. The harbor is very much a working place, full of sweating, swearing dock wallopers, loading and unloading vessels, assisted by crewmen. Carts grown hastily to and from the warehouses all over the southern half of the city, carrying ship's goods. Sightseers are not welcome. Those daring or foolish enough to want to delve beneath the waters of the harbor are advised that the city guard keep a very close watch for smugglers and items dropped for recovery by someone else later. Also, mermen who patrol the depths do not welcome tourists and will turn them back promptly. A further warning to those wishing to sightsee here. Unless the salty tang of rotting fish and sea life holds special attraction to you, avoid the docks and do not tarry over long. When the damp nights and evening dew or morning mists are present, the clearing winds aren't strong, the sting of the harbor clings to your clothes and travels with you for almost a day. Classic docks. Hey, hey, get out of the way. We got cargo here. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, we, hauling, we hauling fish. We hauling fish. We got get cargo. out of the way. So when here. it says mermen, are there like actual <laughs> mermen? Yes. Yep. Just hanging out in water. They're like, hey, we want to live in the big city. They just hang out in the, do- like the docks. Like my, my. What's so funny about that is like, yeah. I always remember like, when we like living back in vancouver the vancouver harbor was like gross yeah oh yeah and like i know this is medieval times but i can't imagine it would be super clean even back then yeah you think that's better they're gonna have like a bunch of excrement and stuff in there yeah well there's just not there's just not gas yeah that's true but uh like i guess it's just different forms of pollution but it sounds like a bad place to live if you're a merman and i also love or a mermaid mer people and I love how it uh, says they don't welcome tourists, like yeah, <laughs> underwater tourists. Yeah, like underwater people come, tourists. people come, come to down. Waterdeep to see under the dock ward. <laughs> yep. Uh, what the heck? I love that. It's so good for people listening along. If you are at all capable, unless you're like in a car or something, if you're capable, there's aided with two d's at the end dot org they have an interactive map of Waterdeep that's like real nice i've got it open right now as we talk right you can click on all yeah. the establishments that we might mention it's really helpful that's good yeah the dock ward is the southern the most uh, ward of Waterdeep, right above the harbor yeah warehouses poorhouses and tenements dominate much of the area streets are steep throughout and few have space alongside for pedestrians wandering through the ward can be a bewildering journey without a guide it's even worse at night, as street lamps don't fare well in the dock ward. Their candles, oils, and glass are too regularly smashed or stolen, and the guild of candlers and lamplighters make a half-hearted attempt to repair the street lamps at the start of each season. But for most of the year, locals are forced to carry their own light when traveling these streets at night, except in the immediate vicinity of the piers. Shop signs and advertising any kind are rare, and warehouses and other businesses often have no sign at all. You either know where you're going and have reason to be there, or you are lost and likely marked for pickpock or worst. Though all sailors who regularly sail into Waterdeep have their favorite taverns and lodgings in the wards, as well as a few guilds have offices here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it has the most. It has the most taverns. Yeah, looking at this map, there's a lot of dots, and when you click on them, a bunch of them are taverns. (laughs) The angry coxswain, the ship's prow, the thirsty sailor, the sailor's corner, saloon smile. That one sounds nice. Barred in. Wow, they got real creative (laughs) with that one. 
the soaring pegasus the pickled yeah, fisherman we're, we're gonna cover all these we're gonna cover oh all i know these. i'm just clicking on them and seeing oh the black star in Ooh, fancy. splintered stare okay but um yeah i like that there's like this ongoing war to keep street lance lanterns lit and the people who are supposed to be doing yeah. it have kind of just like given up yeah they're like uh, they're like yeah carry your own lantern yeah. i know you're getting mugged but that's not on us <laughs> classic classic docks yeah you know, of course you're going to get mugged there. Exactly. It's like, if you're not supposed to be there, if you're not working there, don't don't show your face. But because of that, the Red Sashes are a vigilante group active in Waterdeep's poor neighborhoods, particularly the Dock Ward. Entering only to the one, who is Dernan, the Red Sashes excel at intrigue, hiding people, and finding people who do not want to be found. Unlike most vigilantes, Red Sashes do not act impetuously or exclusively. They keep a close eye on Waterdeep's seedy underbelly, carefully observing the abused and their abusers. If the Watch seems inclined to step in and actually serve a cause of justice, then the Red Sashes remain in the shadows. However, if the Watch pursues an innocent person, the Red Sashes might serendipitously assist their escape. Likewise, if the Watch seems disinclined to pursue someone who has committed a crime, the Red Sashes might apprehend the wrongdoers and deposit him at the palace steps. Such public captures both embarrass the Watch and draw public attention to the case. Red Sashes are organized into cells, one per ward, each answerable only to the one. The castle, trades, and dock ward cells are the strongest and most active. Most Red Sashes only know the identities of their fellow cell members, meaning that the rest of the few cannot unravel the whole organization. Coordination among various cells is rare or non-existent, and sometimes multiple cells have pursued the same individual. As the one seems capable of eluding all detection, magical or otherwise, the unmasking of a single cell leader has yet led into another cell being penetrated. Lariel Silverhand, Arun's son, and the Unseen are among the few who know Durnan's secret. Are they really vigilantes if the open lord is down with it? Right? <laughs> they're, they're vigilantes <laughs> to, like, everyone not in the know. They're like, yes, we are cool superhero-like vigilantes. Really, we work for the government. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, yeah. plausible deniability or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I like it, though. It's, it would be a cool faction to be part of in Waterdeep if you're playing through Waterdeep. Yeah, I think they're cool. Or one to join, I think would be cool. Yeah, yeah, would be cool. Because the fact that you don't know everyone, you can keep that little secret that it's Dernan, uh, you, but you can make them move up. Like, I think there's a lot of really cool chances there for, for uh, a role player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could either all be part of it at the beginning of a campaign or you know the first quest or two the events unfold and end with the party joining them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the angry coxwain alehouse was a dive for the dark secret it had in it a one-way portal with a prison cell in a slave market <laughs> in a mulherandi city of scald this portal is employed by two slavers the innkeeper ramas sehipset and the house brewmaster orth iron chisel they dispatch captives through it and employ Derej the Unseen to make it seem like the victims are still around. Now, the Unseen is a consortium of shape-changers, thieves, illusionists, and assassins that have been growing in strength and number in Waterdeep for nearly three decades. The Unseen began as a band of doppelgangers led by Elithids, tasked to infiltrate and spy on the City of Splendor for the underdark city of Shukshali. The death of the Elder Brain of the Kingdom Below forced the band to operate largely on its own, enabling a great doppelganger named Halvin to emerge as the leader of the now autonomous band. Aside from the creation of the Waterdeep base Wylora, uh, a Wylora is a cunning and deceptive creature that can steal memories of those who meet its gaze. It can assume their form of the victim at will. Wyloras are not common in large cities of the Southern Realm. They have recently appeared in Waterdeep thanks to the machinations of the Unseen. The Hanging Lantern Fest Hall is the headquarters of the Unseen who use the fest hall to gain many new disguises and secrets throughout Waterdeep. As well, they will sell many costumes for disguise, but they were discovered in the 14th century by Volo. Classic Volo, getting in everybody's shit. Yeah, <laughs> nosy, nosy man. Yeah, that's super cool. I like, for people listening, as we've mentioned many times, uh, Minsk and Boo has stat blocks for greater doppelgangers. Oh, very because cool. Because cool. you level out of doppelgangers pretty quick. Yeah. At least combat-wise, they're always good at any level because, you know, classic intrigue, face shape cha or face changers, shape changers that aren't detected by magic, pretty great at any level. But for, like, a boss of doppelgangers that is called a greater doppelganger in the lore, yeah, Minskin Boo gives some uh, 
higher CR doppelgangers, and this could see some use from them. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I like I like doppelgangers. I think they're cool. I think they're super fun. This can lead into if you are playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist, listeners, and you're a DM. There's a certain point in that campaign without saying too much where you could involve these people. And that would be uh, Mm. really fun if you wanted to, instead of transition into Dungeon of the Mad Mage, keep a homebrew Waterdeep game going. This could be pretty fun. Involve the doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool. It's cool, too, that they seem to have this, like, deal with at least these two, but maybe other people of, like, if someone goes missing, they pretend to be that person so that people don't look like i think that'd be a really interesting aspect to i love that there's just this portal to mulholland slavers yeah insanity. <laughs> who would ever go to that bar like yeah no don't go to that bar people fucking disappear all the time <laughs> yeah well because they've been switching doppelgangers so you don't know that people disappear right true that's what's cool about it true yeah uh, i guess you could right. do a whole uh you could do a whole you know um invasion of the body snatchers yeah you could do a whole section yeah. of Waterdeep campaign that revolves around that. Very cool. And then yeah, uh, and then you can even transition it once you've outleveled the doppelgangers and you've uh, uncovered a bigger insidious plot. You can transition it into the Illithids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. The Bloody Fist Tavern is an example of how truly bad a dive bar could be. Furniture breakage has resulted in only wall benches and stand-up elbow bar in the center of the room being left. Wooden mugs have replaced metal, ceramic, and glass vessels. The beer barrels are chained down to prevent the easy use of missiles. Drinkers stand herded together like Roths in a pen, snarling and belching, and fights are almost constant. Bullies and angry people come here for fights, and rooms upstairs is retained for a succession of novice priests of Tempest, who address broken bones and perform minor healing magics in return for donations to the war god. One local bard, Talsamber the Flame Tabard, even dubbed this place the Watching War God in a, satast- in a sarcastic ditty about the two-fisted heroes of Waterdeep. The nickname has passed into general usage, as in, let's drain a few at the War God. Men down on their luck can be hard here, but little else is of interest. The Blue Mermaid Tavern is opposite of the Blade Fist. It is a well-pointed but worn place frequented by safe folk. Good ale, bad wine, and utterly safe boring atmosphere. There's a passage to the Port of Shadows in the Undermountain from its cellar. The Black Star Inn is a dignified, even haughty inn, like a fortress on the outside, with barred windows, stone walls, and a slate roof. Slobby has two armed guards, and the four hostlers in the lock stables are also armed. Fees are high, but in return, guests get almost soundproof rooms. Each room has a hip bath, a double bed, water, wine provided for drinking, and various pamphlets and chapbooks provided for light reading. Each room has its own fireplace, a bit with a miserly supply of firewood, and patrons tend to keep to themselves. One of the few places in the dock ward where one could get a good sleep. I love that there's this one tavern that's just like, let's go fight! Yeah, let's fight! They have to let's like, fight. they have to <laughs> batten down, chain down the <laughs> barrels of ale. Yeah. I love that. Barbarians are just throwing entire ale barrels. And then I love these Tempest priests because they're just like, <laughs> oh, you got injured in the bar we call our home? Cool, pay us and we'll heal you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like so funny. What a funny place to shack up to get yeah. like... You know, because I imagine they're mostly healing people who get injured in that bar. Very funny. No, I think that's almost entirely what they're doing. I think it'd be really funny if someone, like, gets beaten up. They pay to get healed. They get healed. They immediately yeah. go back and start fighting the same guy again. <laughs> yeah, You're right. Yeah, I, I can imagine that happening. And the, the Tempest priests all look at each other and they're just like, shrug, yeah. more coin for us. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and yeah, the Black Star Inn sounds like. The place you would go on your second day in the dock ward. Like your players come in and they're like, oh yeah, we can stay at the cheapest place here. And then like they don't get their long rest or whatever. And they're like, okay, 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 okay. Let's let's pay for the better place. <laughs> <laughs> Once they get a little bit richer. Yeah. The Bleshy Mermaid is one of the most luxurious establishments in dock ward. Everything is unhurried, luxurious, and sensual with no detail overlooked. The staff wear face masks of black armor plate with attached black gauze veils to conceal their faces. Fronting on Net Street within easy reach of the harbor stenches, the Blushy Mermaid spans three buildings. Scent streams from amber hanging lamps, gauzy curtains, cushions, and sound-eating carpets are everywhere. 
Special, extremely expensive enchantments prevent any sort of open flame from igniting them. Even the fire magic is foiled. It is widely known that the mermaid is honeycombed with secret passages, reached by sliding wall panels in every room, but few guests manage to get those panels to work. The secret panels can only be opened by Lady Alethine's hand or by four magical hands fashioned of silver, enchanted by her and carried by staff members on security duty. If one goes missing, she alters the pass spell within a few hours. True to its name, the mermaid does offer one special drinking and dining experience, a heated, scented communal bath which patrons soak and eat and drink, served by mermaids who swim in from the harbor via guarded secret tunnels. Seafood and surprisingly whole roast pigs are the specialties of the mermaid's kitchen. The custom of Hour of Darkness provides many amusing tales and naughty pranks. In the early hour of each morning, all lights in the public areas of the mermaid are extinguished, and aside from silver hands carried by the staff, which give off a blue-silver glow, everyone has to find their way about by feeling. This custom causes much laughter. In addition, there are dark whispers of guests sometimes vanishing in the mermaid, never to be heard of again. These tales seem to be linked to a circular staircase rising from the central mermaid pool to a glass-covered rooftop garden, or cupola, uh, cupola, where herbs and flowers are grown. It is adorned with bones bound to its rails and risers with fine wire. Lady Alanth is a lich, but the process in which she transforms forces her to kill two or three intelligent beings every year to keep her long life. She tries to pick those who are evil who have entered her establishment. She keeps a steady supply of money in support of the city of Waterdeep to assuage any looking into those lost people by the guards. Yeah, I love this little kitschy bar. Uh, of course she's a lich. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why <right>? not? <laughs> why why not have her be a lich? She, everybody gets a lich. I like that she I like that she's like a not a chill lich, but she's like trying her best to like not, you know, murder everyone. She's like, I just wanna own a fun mermaid themed bar. I don't want to kill anyone. I don't want ultimate power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I just want my long life to own an establishment where we have weird darkness nights and a bath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want a theme establishment. It's so funny when I heard the mermaids come in from secret tunnels from the uh, yeah. harbor. I immediately thought of like, what is all your food when it gets to you? Is it just wet? I think the food... like they just. I mean, clearly, yeah. clearly not. They come up into the bath and go to a bar or something. But I couldn't help but imagine. <laughs> There's a picture in the Volo's guide of whole roast pig on a platter floating in a pool, and it's like, <laughs> why? Why would you do? That? <laughs> it seems messy. It seems so messy. It seems messy. It seems so messy. Oh my gosh. I I kind of like the mermaid thing of like it is that kind of fantasy bar experience that could never happen in real life, you know? Yeah. Cookhouse Hall is a large, echoing, hammer-beam ceiling hall where hot meals, usually roast beef, stir-fried vegetables, and highly peppered stew, are served to all who line up and pay two copper pieces a meal. Minted drinking water is even provided. You don't have to be a sailor to eat here. It's open from dawn to dusk and has fed many wary or poor or down-on-their-luck travelers who don't mind a little company or dinner conversation. The Copper Cup is one of the busiest and most famous places in the dock ward, a must-see spot for many visitors. A large, roaring, many-leveled barn of a place, the Cup is a tavern inn and fest hall all in one. It's just inside the south gate and is easily reached by the high road or the Way of Dragons. Travelers, overwhelmed by the size and bustle of the City of Splendor, can easily find what Waterdeep offers without ever leaving uh, the cup, and boasts when they get home of having stayed at one of the wildest places in the notorious dock ward. The cup goes several cellars deep, as well as four or five floors up. It is actually three linked old converted warehouses built tall and masses of dressed stone with outside catwalks and back alley ladders. All of the floors above, though, are used day and night around. As a tavern, the cup has an ever-changing clientele, and no quiet place for intimate talk, haggling, or involved planning unless you rent a room. It does have cheap, plentiful, fairly bad ale, as well as good, but expensive, wine sold by the bottle. As a fest hall, the cup is one long, ongoing party. It is not a place to visit and remain unseen or to relax and stretch where one goes to romp. The dancers are acrobatic and expert contortionists, 
The Cup's Kitchen is famous for two things. Hot fish chowder, which tastes mainly of pepper and old beer, and cinnamon butter toast. <laughs> I don't want chowder that tastes like old beer. Get that chowder. <laughs> what? The Sleeping Wench and Sleeping Serpent, also catered to those who don't mind noise and love a dive. The Thirsty Throat is for those who want a quieter dive. And then there's a tavern named Darth Dolphinteed, which I can't find actually anything about in the Vascrat Ed Greenwood about because I know nothing about it. Darth Dolphintide. Yeah. The yeah. cup. You go there if you want to party, I guess. Sounds big. If you look at the map, it's like, yeah, it's like right there. Like it's the first tavern you see coming in the south gate. So I can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, the townies come in and they get the people from like, you know, the surrounding region and the, the farms just go there. Yeah. I can see why it's busy with that proximity to the gate. Yeah. If anything, like I bet people are just like, whatever, this chatter tastes like old beer. That's gross. But I don't want to step two more feet into the city. I need yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Felhar's Fish is a third generation fishmonger shop known to all in the dock ward and widely trusted. There's persistent rumors that Imber Felhar, the current owner, is involved in smuggling. He wears a cleaver and an apron belt and has been known to order folks who mention smugglers in his hearing to get out now. Truth is, he is a drop-off point for smugglers, while his wife sews up wounds, no questions asked, for a fair price. There's also the fish scale smithy, a smithy that works on hooks and metalwork for various ships in the dock and has an illegal gladiatorial arena underneath it for fights, fights to bet on or to settle differences. I love the secret gladiatory arena underneath. That's so funny. And it's not even underneath a bar, underneath the fish scale. Yeah. What a great, great site for, you know, you have to go, you're doing some quest in Waterdeep and you got to go under the fish scale. You got to give your little sign to get in and see that it should let them know that you're cool. First, you got to go capture someone and learn this sign. You know, you flash it, show them that you're cool and then go down and you get to have some you know clandestine meeting with a, a ne'er do well while two people beat the shit out of themselves in the corner yeah and of course your fighter character and your <laughs> barbarian are like we can't leave until we get in on this yeah we need to get in on this i i think too felhar's fish is would be a fun contact if you're playing like a a rogue in uh, Waterdeep. I, like they're that good kind of like low key contact. Yeah, I really like the idea of the sews up wounds, no questions asked. I've always liked the, uh, you know, back alley mm-hmm. doctors to criminals. I've always liked that trope. I think yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I've always enjoyed that. Gelfrell runs a crammed shop and will sell or trade just about anything. He deals in barter, but does not run a pawn shop as well as coinage. Much of his wares are old or heavily used, but his prices are very reasonable. Gallifer is more than he appears, as locals will tell. He once felled a fleeing thief with a flame strike. Gathgears purports to be a medicinal healer, selling medicines and treatments out of a rundown house in Dockward. In truth, he kidnaps folks of low profile in Waterdeep and transports them down to Under Mountain's second level by a two-way keyed portal that leads from his Iron Maiden to his sarcophagus. Gathgear sells the slaves to Skullport. And the tavern named the Grey Griffin, Pickled Fisherman, a tavern named Saloon Smile that was opened by an avatar of Saloon and the Sailor's Corner are all pretty um, unnotable bars in the dock ward. You know, you can get a good beer there. I love how Waterdeep is definitely the home of the trope of everyone who runs a business is a 10th level adventurer. Yeah, yeah. You think this random guy, Gelfaril, is going to put up with your shit? No. (laughs) Flame strike. That's a 5th level cleric spell. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not like a level 5 cleric. Like, it's a 5th level spell. You need to be level 9 to have that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's like, I I like to barter. I want a little pawn shop. Anyways. (laughs) Flame strike. Yeah, right. And then it's like Gathgare, uh, slaver, clearly a 10th level fighter. Come on. Okay. I mean, I love it. They're all characters. These places all sound cool. I think Gathgare would be a really cool... uh, Questline involving that, you got to figure out where all these people are going because he doesn't replace them with doppelgangers. Nope. Yeah, exactly. He, he's not being as careful. Exactly. And this two-way keyed portal from an Iron Maiden to a sarcophagus is very cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very cool. And yeah, I could see like he gets people with a little profile in Waterdeep. So like one of your party members gets out, gets too drunk yeah. or gets too like dumb and then ends up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite cool. The Helmstar Warehouse is presently run by one of the third generations of Helmstars to trade on the docks of Waterdeep. Chuldan Helmstar. Chuldan is one of the better known fences of Waterdeep. His favorite items are carvings, but he will take many different kinds of art. The high vaulted crowded warehouse is guarded by a band of margoyles 
whose loyalty to Chaldan seems unshakable. No one knows exactly how many of these creatures are lurking around the warehouse in Chaldan's rooftop apartments, or by what means he controls them. They hunt down any who bother him, trespass, or try to steal. Chaldan is known to have a row of severed heads on his counter that he says ended up in a shipment from some far-off land. That certain of the heads seem familiar, closely resembling recently vanished rogues or ruffians of the city, is something that troubles, puzzles, and even mystifies Chaldan over and over again. Chaldan invites all passerbys to poke their nose into his warehouse to see he takes care over his cargo and the speed and volume of his business. He hopes correctly that many will be impressed either to use his services or refrain from trying to steal from him. The lore of the Dock Ward says a ghost of Chaldan's famous adventuring father protects the warehouse and will kill any unlucky enough to get past the Margoyles. Recently, Chaldan installed a statue on the roof that looks like a person in leathers on a rope propelling down the roof. He thinks it's very funny. Oh, these heads, I don't know why they look like Fred who just went missing. I swear, I have no idea. I got these in a shipment. What are you talking about? And people are just like, shrug. (laughs) Fred sucked anyway. What? Exactly. What? He's just playing stupid when it's just obvious he's killing these people or his friggin' Margoyles did. It's so obvious. Also, Margoyles are like hot upper gargoyles. They're like the, the rulers of gargoyles. It's like, how does he have so many? What happened? They're just like, uh, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know this, they're just like bigger, better gargoyles, yeah. which I find unnecessary. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, hmm, we want Hyacia gargoyles. What can we call them? Um, greater gargoyles? Bigger gargoyles? Anything? No, let's call them ma 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 goyles. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ma- they're ma goyles now. <laughs> in a <laughs> in a cavernous cellar beneath the warehouse known as the House of Tarmagus lies the Keeled Hull Dwarf, a subterranean tavern favored by Derigar and their ilk, as well as many other of the city's half orcs, thugs, and ruffians. That'd be a cool place to go. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. The Hanged Man is a gathering place for poets, scriveners, writers, calligraphers, and other literary folk, and is often a good place to hear a tale. The patrons tend to smoke pipes and to be hopelessly behind on the everyday news. They also tend to be rude and opinionated, but not of the build or temperament to actually engage in physical disputes. Oh yeah, vicious mockery is just left and right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, the House of Perfumes is a well-stocked perfume shop that carries exotic scents from all over Faerun, from ashes of burnt snow snake to the musk of a female giant slug. The shop is run by two sisters and is guarded by a trained hunting dogs of compact build and extremely loyal in temperament. The Coastal Hennes Fine Nuts both sell imports from the Shining South in the Dock Wards. There's also Nistar's Ropes, dedicated to adventuring gear, especially ropes, Murloc's Nets, Two leather shops, Rolgalt's Wheelhouse, a cart shop, Turnstone Plumbing and Pipe Fitting, Telethar's Leatherworks, and the Whistling Blades for weapons. Whistling Blades is a cool name. I love that. Also, it's a very cool name. I like it. A lot. Perfume comes up so much in the lore because, I mean, like, it's one of those things where I always think we don't talk about it enough in D&D, but at the same time, it's just like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, really, what would you talk about? Yeah, right, right. Regarding it. <laughs> But like, because back in the day, perfumery was just such a, when you look it up, it was just such a huge business oh, yeah. for some oh, reason. Well, because everyone stank. People yeah, didn't, exactly. didn't bath enough. When you think about these rare, you know, like ambergris. Yeah. It was worth like, a pound of ambergris was worth like $100,000. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get that it's rare and you can only get it from like sperm whales or whatever. But like, seriously, $100,000 for a cent? Yeah. Yeah. But like, that was the thing too. Like Europeans weren't didn't bathe a lot and they also didn't really perfume themselves too much except the nobles but then all the people from the south like the middle east would have like a lot of different scents that they'd use but it's like yeah i just imagine there's always these stories of people coming to europe from other countries and be like yeah they stank they were so smelly (laughs) (laughs) but it's a good good loot to give your party members perfume stuff to go sell yeah perfume stuff yeah winter zolt works in the horizon sales as a map maker, creating magic logbooks and maps, which the shop is famed. Winter is actively involved in advocating a broad expansion of overseas trade of the city. Istrid is regarded as the Black Network's master of trade in coin in Waterdeep, 
The Shield Dwarf operates an illegal lending operation out of a heavily guarded warehouse in the dock ward, offering loans to those who need coin. Her interest rates are comparable to those of her competitors, including noble family banks such as Castelliers and Erling Stars, but the penalties for not paying back Istra's loans are severe. There are multiple, multiple storage houses like the Red Sails. There's the Skewer Dragon, which looks like a ruin, but both its front-facing windows are smashed and the ship's anchor lodged in the roof, but the beers are big and cheap. There's also the Jester's Guild Hall, Mental Health Wonder Guild of Armorers, the Lockmakers, League of Tanners, Cooper's Guild, Making Barrels, the Butcher's Guild, the Mariner's Guild, Seathwealth's, Fishmonger's Guild, Ship's Guild, Full Sail's Tavern Headquarters, and the most diligent sailmakers and cod swains, Mule Skull Tavern, which is the Dung Sweepers Guild, and <laughs> can all be found in the Dock Ward. Love that. I it's the thing about Waterdeep and how big it is, is it's much like, you know, Baldur's yeah. Gate. I mean it's a big city, right? So you can run whatever quest line you want, and I think in the Dock Ward, this mm-hmm. so far the most interesting thing I can think of is these uh, doppelgangers would be really cool. This would also be a cool place to come from in Faerun if you wanted to play yeah. a changeling. Yeah. Just be part of this doppelganger crew. Mm. You know, you're not technically a doppelganger, but like yeah. Yeah. changelings are barely not doppelgangers. The only difference is that they don't get a claw attack. So like, <laughs> really, what's the difference? Right. I mean, doppelgangers might also have like an immunity to divination. I don't remember. They have some other trait. But either way, it'd be a good place to play a changeling. You were part of this gang. Maybe you started to feel bad. You know, you were impersonating someone who got kidnapped and you were like, I can't do this anymore. This is... Yeah, you felt bad about it. This is, Which is like weird because usually changelings and doppelgangers in their lore don't feel bad about stuff like this. Right. And so right away, you're kind of an oddity. Mm -hmm. I think that could be pretty fun. Maybe you go and join. Or you liked their life so much that you just wanted to be them but i'm thinking probably for this like lost people what they would do is they switch them out you pretend to be them for a week a month whatever and probably shorter time they're like a week and then oops you accidentally got in a fight and died got killed or oops you accidentally got like in the wrong place wrong time and like you right. fake your death so then that person is dead far away from the bar and no one expects the bar so yeah i i, I could but imagine like one time you're supposed to like fake a death uh, about this one person you're pretending to be like i actually like this person like they yeah but you don't want to stop yeah i think it'd be cool to uh go from being part of the doppelganger crew into being if you're gonna run a party in the red sashes mm-hmm. you know you've joined the red sashes to kind of give back to the city because mm-hmm. you feel bad yeah. that could be a good way if you wanted to play a changeling in uh water deep yeah. i also think that a lot of these places these warehouses supply such a good place for combat yeah you know warehouses mm-hmm. are full of stuff just boxes piles of crates but also like yeah cranes and hanging rope and stuff to bring cargo from upper levels to lower levels and then you've got kind of like catwalks usually in warehouses and large crate bearing shelves and stuff that i think you got like the butcher's guild like you have a bunch of raw meat being like hung up on hooks in like one warehouse like yeah really cool spots to fight yeah exactly yeah yeah um i i will say we'll go more into this in the trades ward i don't think we have enough time in in dock ward but each guild in Waterdeep has a special bit of clothing you wear if you're part of it uh for special ceremonial occasions or just around town um it's all kind of set out in the two ebook city of splendors uh and yeah i will talk about a bit of them in the trades ward uh, section but yeah all of these ones i've just listed all have like a special wear that they they put on when they're doing special things right but i was thinking yeah that's cool i love that you could get into that for uh identifying people and stuff that'd be cool or you find one of those <laughs> at the scene of a crime but there's no body yeah but uh yeah i was thinking with all these warehouses it's kind of just like pick whoever you think is the most interesting warehouse owner mm-hmm. like istrid right Right. If you want uh, Zentarum Dwarf, you think she sounds interesting. That's cool. She's now part of whatever insidious plot your party is yeah. fighting. Yeah. You know, whether she's one of the main ones or she just happens to be involved, you know, on the business end. Or if you think these Margoyles are really cool, there's your warehouse. And then you can have the, you know, classic big um, climactic cinematic warehouse fight where people are going up and down on ropes and toppling over shelvings. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. It's kind of pick your pick your pick your battleground or pick, pick your, your poison, yeah, pick poison here. Pick whoever you 
Yeah, pick whoever you think is the most interesting kind of a mini boss warehouse owner. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Because of course, in Waterdeep, to own a warehouse or any business, you have to be a level ten adventurer. <laughs> yeah, you have to be someone terrifying. <laughs> the Savage Seven was an adventuring party that specialized in giants and goblinoids, including orc chieftains and half orc spies. They received their tasks from an agent, a lantern making Zorth Olmaril, a lantern maker in the Dark Wards. The mermaids' arm lounges in which one dines or drinks with an attractive host or hostesses. Increasingly, the arms, having acquired a safe reputation, is being used by single folk on the prowl for a night of love. In other words, patrons going there to meet each other, not hire a host or hostess for the night. The arms is large, well-lit, always busy, and can be expensive for the works. The merchant can make room there, meet a business colleague there, and eat dinner, then go elsewhere for drinks and play or show. The merchants could then stagger home late, knowing a comfortable room awaits. If anyone listening is a big fan of the early 2000s anime or on a high school host club, <laughs> bam, bam, just yeah. make this place that. Instead of high school host club, it's Dock Ward host club, and bam, same thing. Yeah, also. You, could, you could run that, just port over those exact characters into it. It could be a fun little, uh, you know, instead of shopping episode, a host club episode. It could be very funny. And yeah, also I do like that it's almost like... Uh, D&D Tinder where people just go to hook up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're here you're, you're here at the here? You, yeah, I here? love that. Also, I think it could be if you wanted to play like uh I mean, I don't know how you'd get involved in adventuring, mm-hmm. but if you wanted to play like the classic haughty twink noble, yeah. You could uh using twink as a non-gendered term here, mm-hmm. you could be a former host from this place. And that's Oh, a, yeah, that's great. That's a way to play like the haughty twink who wears like, you know, the You've got the cravat and everything, but you're not rich. You just yeah. have this clothing because it was necessary for your job. Everyone thinks you're like a well-off noble. You act like it. You look like it. But actually, you've got like five gold. Yeah, you're like a mastermind rogue. And you're just really good at like knowing people or understanding people. Yeah. Also, you go here because you're single and you're just like see someone and you go over and you're like, hey, DTF. And like, actually, I'm a merchant here for a deal. <laughs> but yes, afterwards. But yes, I'm aware of where I am. Um, <laughs> but also, so I like how they use orc chieftains as like a, if they're part of an adventuring party, they're not a chieftain, they're just an orc. Right. And I understand that orc chieftain is a specific no. stat block, <laughs> but the way they use it here is as if like in the real right. world of Faerun, there's like... I'm an orc chieftain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like, you're not the chief of something, it's like some honors you get when you graduate yeah. orc school. old zoblob shop is a tall ugly old stone timber building windows are few and dust is plentiful love zoblob the shop is named (laughs) this shop is named for a stuffed beholder in the window a fixture that is actually a magic sensor which xanathar can peer at whenever it wishes peer through peer through sorry can peer through whenever it wishes the shopkeeper is a wizened deep gnome who spies for the xanathar guild a few years ago he survived the detonation of gas spores in the Undermountain inherited some strange beholder memories. Driven by compulsion to carve out his own domain, the gnome settled in Waterdeep and bought old Zoblob shop from its previous owner and tried renaming it after himself. Yet everyone kept calling it the old Zoblob shop. He therefore restored it to the old name and changed his name to Zoblob. No relation to the eye tyrant hanging in the window, he says. The wares in the shop have their own lore, Hundreds of little tales of dark magic, betrayal, and wild adventures. The previous owner, Dandulus, was a man of many magic items, and many wild tales of his neighbors will tell of him wrestling mimics or dealing with angry lich customers. So it's not mentioned here, but mm-hmm. according to Dragon Heist, Zoblob, every single thing in Zoblob shop is purple. Right, yes, it's all purple. And he, <laughs> he only accepts purple things, if not, like he'll barter, yeah. but only if the things you're offering are purple. Right. He wears purple, every single item is purple, and there's a purple kind of smoke screen from the incense he burns that is of course lavender yeah yeah it's very funny (laughs) that's why i love zoblob he's just this little deep gnome and like okay deep gnomes aren't purple but they're like (laughs) kind of bluish yeah they're in that same kind of cold 
kind of area of the color wheel, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I love it. I love Zoblob. He's got a funny name and he loves purple. Everybody loves Zoblob. Y'all met Zoblob? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, Zoblobs is funny because it actually was a big thing in the older editions too with his Dandelus having like weird, just random stuff he would find in the Undermountain that would sell it and right. having to deal with stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they just kind of gave it even a new life. I like better with this lavender deep gnome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> The battered serpentile sign of serpent books and folios hangs above an old unkempt stone building whose wares window is boarded over and whose black door entry is always forbiddenly closed. Magic guardian glyphs adorn both the boards and the doors and glow faintly after dark. Few care to try their power. Inside the shop is very dark, it is crammed with deep hued bookshelves, and the walls are paneled with wood. The sole light here comes from magical glowing globes that drift around at Serpentile's will. Powerful fire guards' spell prevent anything from igniting. Aside from Janixil's, who's the owner, desk, and three chairs, two for visitors, books are the furnishing of the shop. More books are piled and shelved together here than most folks at Faerun will ever see. Janixil handles all sorts of printed materials, from magical tomes to maps to charts of Sword Coast waters. He likes to warn folks sagely that spellbooks give off green flames when they burn. Magical tomes and Sword Coast maps are his two specialties. If Xanathales has any family or staff, none have ever been seen here. He is thought to sleep above his shop in windowless apartments. Rumors say they include large spellcasting chambers, which Xanathil conjures up Batzu in to do his bidding. I love this, like, paranoid bookshop owner. Yeah. I must yeah. board up the window. <laughs> there must be magical guardians everywhere and glyphs. Like, I understand the fire wards. Sure. It's yeah. all very burnable. But I love how everything else is just like, oh, we must keep the tomes and the maps very safe. The door has to be scary and imposing and people must be scared of me, rightfully so, because I'm a 10th level warlock. (laughs) Yeah. I summon demons. Everyone in the dark ward is a 10th level fighter, wizard, or warlock. (laughs) Don't fuck with me. I'll summon a horned devil. Yeah, I like him. He's he's very like, (laughs) if you ever need to get a book he has or a tome he has, or like say to their... Your wizard is like, I want a spell book. Like, well, there's one shop that gets spell books. And he's just like, who are you? What are you doing here? I think it'd be... What do you want to buy me things? <laughs> I think it'd be fun to go to him to uh, cast Infernal Calling for you or contact other planes. Yeah. Um, not because you need yeah, to yeah. have a devil help you with anything, but because Batazu for the uninitiated is just the in-world name for devils yeah which actually just came because of the satanic panic but i like it i've always imagined batazu as right. when the satanic panic happened they wanted to you know distance themselves from christianity so uh, devils became batazu right. demons became tanari and daemons became yugoloths oh interesting yeah but i like it and i always see it kind of as yeah. lay folk say demons devils and daemons whereas academic texts say Batazu and Tanari, it's kind of like Right, right, right. It's kinda of like, you know how my cat is like cat learned. But yeah. <laughs> in a in a biology text, my cat is, you know, feline house catechist. Yeah. <laughs> of the genus you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I pick up what you're putting down. I imagine Batazu like that, but I think it'd be fun to go to him and be like, so I uh, hear you've got, um, I need a little taste of that in, in Infernal. <laughs> he goes like, well, what are you talking about? Uh, I think I'm understanding. I need a, you know, a little uh, taste of that Infernal. <laughs> you know, just a little, uh, little, 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 I got some questions. They uh, need answering through fire. If you know what I'm saying, I need questions that can only be answered by fire and brimstone. <laughs> and he's like, come upstairs. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Trying to figure out a way to say it without yeah. saying out in public, summon a devil for me. Yeah. The rearing hippocampus is probably the classiest inn in Dock Ward. It is favored by many caravan masters and by merchants who want a good, secure place to sleep without announcing their arrival to the observant eyes of better wards. Adorned with life-sized carved wooden hippocampus out front, this inn offers broth and toast at all hours. Private rooms with canopy beds, warmer than most accommodations in Dock Ward, especially in winter, and carpeted floors. It is favored by many regular visitors of the city who have business near the harbor. For less lavish time, one could stay at the Splintered Stair Inn, which is large but ultimately cold. 
The Seven Mass Theater in Dock Ward is a theater that caters to lower class clientele and ship captains and sailors are admitted for free. The Three Pearls is a popular evening destination for water Davians, offering stand-up comics, trained animal acts, illusionists, rectiles, bards, orators, and exotic dancing. On the stage of the Pearl, men have raised armies, women have raised eyebrows, and everything from yeti to trolls have made jaws drop. Bellies shake with helpless laughter and hands itch to hurl things. On a typical night, comics alternate with dancers, musicians, and acting troops of ten presenting satirical ballads or sketches related to this recent city events. Its name comes from the purchase price. When the owner of the tavern that stood here, the Black Buckler, decided sourly he had lost his last piece of gold pouring ale down parched throats and offered to sell the place to anyone who would give him a price of a meal, one of his dancers stopped up on the stage and tore off three black pearls and threw them at him, claiming that the place was her own. The dancer, Hildara Urenshun, is seldom on stage these days. Almost every evening, crowds stream up Pearl Alley to the Three Pearls, except on nights when a guild or a large group rents it for a meeting or private entertainment. The Three Pearl is now one huge room, plus Jake's opening off a cloak hall down to one side. Its low ceiling is usually hot and smoky. Stout, low-backed wooden benches radiate outwards from the raised central stage, which is lit above and has a ramp entrance up to its center via a trapdoor from below. The central stage has canonical raised ceiling above it, complete with a retractable circular staircase and drop ropes for dramatic entrances. Some say the pearl is haunted by phantoms of running, weeping women pursued by a man with a drawn sword. I love both the three pearls and the seven masks yeah <laughs> so you know um okay before i go into those places and what you could do with them yeah hippocampus is a part of your brain right am i missing something no a hippocampus is um a, like a weird winged uh hippo like creature i think that then they used kind of as a mythological creature that they then used as the reason for calling the the part of the brain the hippo something right okay no the part of the right. brain is the hippocampus um okay right. but this makes more sense i was gonna say they have one part of your brain as their door what or actually no sorry the hippocamp a hippocampus i think is a fish horse yeah i'm looking at it right now sorry it's a, i was thinking hip, i was thinking hippogriff it's if you imagine a yeah. seahorse without like imagine it the most literal way you can that's a hippocampus yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very funny looking it's <laughs> in my opinion it's quite funny looking but yeah okay you know the classic scene in media where you've got to go either talk to the mob boss or you have to go talk to the you know the torch singer or the actor like dandelion mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know so you either question the mob boss in his in his you know satin booth at the jazz club Mm -hmm. or you go into the backstage and talk to the actor and while the while you talk to the actor you know they're so down on their luck they have to do 10 shows a night so they can only talk to you during their costume change yeah yeah yeah. it's so good you know that classic scene you can have that classic scene here that'd be great Mm -hmm. but also okay set it up so that during the quest you have to go talk to um Dedalius the wonderful bard, you know, and you have to go talk to him. And so you have to go to the establishment. And uh, he was sleeping with the woman who knew the guy who went missing or something. I don't know. There's some convoluted reason why he would have the information. Mm -hmm. He's a bard. They have information. Right. Right, right. Your party gets to the place. Mm -hmm. They play two clopper. They have to wait for the show to be done to talk to Dedalius because he's currently on stage. Bam. Now you can make your party watch that YouTube sketch video that they have never been up to watch. You keep sending it to them. You keep saying, this is hilarious, guys. You have to watch this. And they keep ignoring your hilarious meme video. Guess what? The hilarious meme video is now the little play that the bard they need to talk to is putting on. Done. Great. (laughs) <laughs> not only a chapter party <laughs> not only do they have to watch your hilarious meme video now but also yeah. quite the immersive experience i gotta say yeah 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 <laughs> yeah especially like if you've got one of those uh you know fancy schmancy tabletop tvs for your battle maps mm-hmm. load up youtube on that 
press play now uh immersive experience that's great i love that yeah it's just fun i like this idea of like a comedy like it sounds like a a low ceiling it sounds like the kind of comedy clubs you would go to yeah uh to see like up-and-coming comics or like you know the like yeah the the small time acts as they get bigger i think that sounds great yeah if you're a bard or like a performer that's trying to make it big in the world maybe that was like your haunt for the while now you're going to venturing you know yeah i love that it'd be a good backstory place for if you were playing a bard in this city also you Mm -hmm. could just if you're playing a waterdeep campaign you could be a bard currently employed there yeah yeah 100 percent. that's just what you do at long rests you go back to your place you do a show you go to sleep next day you go back to adventuring yeah you're a stand-up bard also uh <laughs> yeah i mean it says they do stuff not just comedy i know but i think it's a funny idea you could be a stand-up bard yeah i think it's really fun you could also just if you ever need a break you know the party goes to the pearl and you all just take turns mm-hmm. turning D into taking turns watching youtube videos <laughs> oh yo you could do you could do like uh <clears throat> Get your party if they seem interested and do like an open mic night and then try to get each person from the party to do some dumb like a skill challenge that's their whatever thing. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. (laughs) That'd be pretty good. The ship's prow, as its name suggests, juts into the broad, usually crammed meeting of Fish Street and Strip Street, like the front of a rather fat ship. It is well known among sailors up and down the Sword Coast. More than that, it's well thought of. It's best suited to folks who can stand the fishy stink of deep sea traps and brine barrels and the noise of the dock ward, drunken revelry and fighting, and the night stink wafting through their rooms. This inn is surprisingly quiet inside, and a cozy place to sleep such as things are judged in the dock ward. It provides an ideal haven for tired travelers newly arrived in the city and not flush enough to find beds in better areas. This inn is notorious among lifelong inhabitants because it once housed evil beings of the infamous cult of the dragon. The lords and the city are said to have given the present proprietor title to the place to keep an eye out on its spectacular passing predecessor. About 20 winters back, the inn was kept by one Halagaster Brunith, who acquired it from mysterious circumstances from Olcrap Ridden, who had just disappeared one day. When the Brannest Blade, a company of venturers, came to stay, the fury of the gods reigned in the ship's prow, for on sight they knew Halster was magically disguised red dragon on the run from them. This Halagaster worm had devoured the unfortunate Rindian and taken his place, aided and paid to come by the foul folk of the dragon cult. There was a great battle at night, and the watchful order had not been alerted and plentiful. Much of the ward might have been burned. In the end, the worm was slain, and the dragon cult rooted from the streets. No trace was found of the worm's hoard. Cultists have skulked about in the inn and kept a watchful eye over its ever-seeking dragon hoard, or something else of value they have not yet found. Some say the dragon hollowed out a large cellar beneath the place, devouring unfortunates who adjoined cellars he broke into finding the dragon horde could be a fun little quest it's mm-hmm. pretty much just a variation on the plot of Waterdeep dragon heist but <laughs> yeah yep, yep. <laughs> could still be pretty fun could still be pretty fun i was sitting there waiting for it for the uh this place is run by you know elminster amar <laughs> this place is run by a fucking dragon if a lich wasn't enough if like a level 12 warlock wasn't enough he is a dragon a dragon <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah cool i think playing a red sash yeah. campaign would be super fun Very either cool. they all start as the red sash or the first quest ingratiates them into the ranks of the red sashes i think that'd be really fun i think playing a bard from the three pearls who currently works there too i think that that would be really fun like to really cement your character into the world like you actually just have a day job Mm. (laughs) yeah you know and you're a bard so it's just like i don't know it's not that difficult to be like i mean it's not an eight-hour shift you just go in for an hour each day and it's like you don't even have to role play it really it's just like yeah you know the last two hours i was off doing this done yeah Yeah, that'd be great super easy i think that that would be a really fun character to play i think you could also maybe play um janixil who conjures up batazu you happen to be walking down the dock ward Mm -hmm. and uh bright light flashed from inside this building you thought something terrible was happening so you bust in the door ran up the stairs you found janixil standing there with a conjured horn devil holding its massive trident with its huge horns wings and tail it speaks 
in the infernal tongue, ringing in your ears, causing a terrible headache as your soul sinks into the bottom of your your soul, you know, sinks into your stomach. Janixel looks across the room being like, fuck, <laughs> bam, warlock. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, he has to, He maybe he kind of forces you into the pact because mm. he doesn't want you to go get the cops. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he starts to like trying to bribe you with power. Like, I think that'd be a sweet backstory. And then you have him yeah. as a connection. Yeah, yeah. I, I think too, it'd be really fun to play a sailor uh, who had worked in the dock wards of Waterdeep. And it does that could be for a Waterdeep campaign, but also for campaign anywhere that you're just like your major place of work was sailing from like water deep to Baldur's gate and back or whatever and so you have this kind of like knowledge you have this like street knowledge in your backstory of these like yeah you know, the 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 bartender of this drinking hole the owner of this fish shop you have this kind of like i lived in new york once kind of uh, yeah. uh story to you and you have all these kind of interesting connections if you ever go to the water deep that aren't like oh i know larry l silverhand but you know some people around the street of the dock ward you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 there's a sailor background in the phb there's also a different sailor background in ghost of salt marsh which actually has a really cool background feature mm. that is probably my favorite background feature um what is it it's called uh tall tales sailor's tales or something you're mm. adept at Ooh. telling stories from your sea travels and with the dm's discretion mm. of course you can tell uh i think it's an hour-long tale 10 minute tale in a tavern or a willing crowd and it gives you i forget exactly what it makes them friendly to you it makes people oh that's cool it makes people more willing to speak to you if you tell them your tall tales of the sea and it has a little rollable tail table to pick what your tale is like you know like your tale is you once encountered mm-hmm. a dragon turtle okay. okay or you once encountered a gaggle of harpies and fought them off with your harpoon that's so cool and it, yeah, it's super cool. I forget if it straight up gives you advantage on persuasion or if it just makes it so that people are like willing to talk to you. But either way, it's one of my favorite background features. It's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. That'd be a good one. Also, if you're going to play a city campaign, mm-hmm. one person has to be an urchin background. Right. Because the urchin background feature gives you just 100% knowledge of the streets of one right. city. That's crazy for Waterdeep. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a great feature if you're going to be in that city a lot. It's not a so great feature if you're adventuring around. Yeah, right. That's cool, though. With Waterdeep, I know in Baldur's Gate, we kind of had a thorough through of, you know, our uh, film noir right, campaign right. idea that we continued through the episodes. But with Waterdeep, that's a little hard because every single place is a new vibe and a new... There's just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Baldur's Gate kind of has a succinct feel and vibe to it no matter where you go whereas Waterdeep is kind of just like everything has been thrown at the wall yeah I think if you were gonna play in Waterdeep not playing Dragon Heist what could be interesting is to start your way from the bottom up like you are all the poorest of the poor in the dock wards and say as the red sashes you deal with the unseen or something that's dealing with the dock ward that the Townsguard doesn't want to deal with, but because Larry L. Silverhand or Dernan know who they are, what you are, that gets you into the inn, and then you start getting like they move you through the different wards in the um, uh, the red sashes. They're like, okay, yeah, move up here. We're having trouble with something in the trades wards, and you can kind of move your way up in the wards until like you get enough notoriety that Larry L. is like, hey, there's something that like is the fate of Waterdeep is tied up in. I need your help you know yeah i think you could run a i think a red yeah. sash campaign would be yeah fun. yeah i agree uh that's it for a journey today remember don't open a tavern in dock ward there's too many already <laughs> next episode we'll cover the south ward also i want to take this time to say that coming up soon in about a month uh we're gonna start a patreon we're gonna start a patreon for the podcast which right now what we're planning to do is for five dollars a month of the patreon you'll get a monthly one shot that is based in one of the areas that we've covered on the podcast that hopes to put in some lore of the area as well as just have a fun little campaign that you can a little like session game that you can play with uh, your players as well as bonus monthly episode currently we're trying to lock down what the monthly episodes will about we'll put out a, a poll on our patreon to see what people are most interested in but our first episode 
of that series will be about Calvin Arun's son Blackstaff. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to support the podcast, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Support the podcast and you get some pretty good stuff out of it. You get the each uh, one shot has an amazing map by Lily in it. Uh, like some of the best battle maps I've ever seen. So you get like, I think that's worth the money enough, but you also get like a little bit of extra lore too. So yeah. Thank you, Lily, for joining me. Yeah. And blend us for the theme music around the fire. You can find them in Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember to rate, review, or subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great long rest. Bye.